The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and welcome to episode 47 of the Pennsylvania Project. As you may know here at the Pennsylvania Project, our vision is a better Pennsylvania. To achieve that vision, our mission is to boldly showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania and to relentlessly pursue correct solutions. But more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem and hopefully not get shot in the process. But we'll get to that. We have a varied episode planned for today. And like all episodes of the Pennsylvania Project, it's divided into three parts. You, them, and me. Part one is all about you, your questions, your opinions, your solutions, your whatevers. And rather than a call-in format, we are an email-in format. So if you have something to say, you can always drop us a line at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Today for the you part, we have our latest regular feature, Unscripted Cohorts plus a question about special elections. After the you part comes part two, the them part, where we host an episode, a guest each episode to help us showcase the political, cultural, and or environmental issues facing Pennsylvania. Our guest today is relatively uncategorizable. So let's call him cultural with a lot of political thrown in there. He's Tyler Breen, an intellectual instigator, he calls himself, and host of the Terrible Conservative Podcast. After the them part comes part three of the Pennsylvania Project, the me part, where it'll be my turn, your caster, Ken Krawchuk. I'll be focusing on some particular issue that really sticks in my craw. Today is going to be a continuation of last episode's rant about the ongoing police crisis. Today, specifically, we're going to be talking about the Ten Cop Commandments. Should be good. And throughout our show, as is our long-established custom, we'll be featuring a Pennsylvania Toastmaster to serve as narrator to read our live commercials. Today we have, once again, Stephanie Berg-Brown from the SEPTA Toastmasters Club and a honcho. She's a Toastmaster Area Director. Welcome back to this Pennsylvania Project, Stephanie, your second time. Thank you, Ken. Wow. What made you come back? Oh, I like like the atmosphere. Yeah, we're in a different studio today, too, so you're getting a, a different atmosphere. Yes, yes. I like the company. Ah, you're too kind, don't we all? Usually we have a second Toastmaster with us, according to another one of our ancient customs. The person helps us read and respond to whatever comes into our mailbag and join in the discussions with our guest. It's a role that we call cohort, but today's cohort is not a Toastmaster, believe it or not. And he's the only non-Toastmaster to ever grace that seat that he's sitting in right now. But with all that, he's still no stranger to the Pennsylvania Project. In fact, he was one of our founding fathers. Because he served as narrator, cohort, and technical producer in episodes one through four. Welcome back, Paul Nicotera. It's been a long time, kid. Good to be back. It's been a long time since we last saw you. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you back. So when are you joining Toastmasters? Uh, Very soon, I hope. Very soon. You know, uh, last year I was running for office. Uh, I was a very busy guy. You know how that can be. Uh, This year I got a whole lot of free time. Uh What did you run for? Uh, I ran for uh, commissioner in Upper Dublin Township, Uh Montgomery County. Should I ask how you did? Uh, 
for what I did, I think I did very well, Ken. I took about 40% of the vote. Uh, even though I lost, uh, I'm, I'm quite proud of, of taking 40% as wow. a libertarian. That's better than I ever did. My best race was 25% in a township, same thing, township commissioner race, but in Abington. And but the big difference then was I, I only had one person running against me. Did you have two or one? I had one person running against ah, me. Ah, okay. Yeah. So still, you did you did better than I did. Forty percent is pretty impressive. Thank you. Thank you very much. Not impressive enough, though. Nope, I, not I, impressive enough. That's because you're not a Toastmaster yet. Uh, that must be it. That must be it. <laughs> we got to come up with some reason why. That and I got to knock on a lot more doors. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. When I ran for Abington Commissioner, I knocked on there were about four thousand homes in my district, and I didn't get to them all. I got to all the super voters, though. It is, uh, it is a very daunting task, knocking on every door. I, I tried my hardest, but... It is. In real life problems. You should have been here last episode. We had a lady who's running for state senate. So That's a lot of doors, me. Ken. That's I, a lot of I, doors. I, I, state senate is just, what, one below Congress. Yep. Congress is hundreds of thousands, yep. But she'll be back, too. What was her name? It was Michelle Siegel. Good lady. And she represents Knobles, same area. I talked yeah. about Great Amusement Park. I know. We probably spent half our time talking about Knobles and nothing about politics. And you know, since you've been gone, we've adopted a new ancient custom. We have a lot of ancient customs here. We're on episode 47. Things that's like, a lot of episodes. That's yeah. a lot of episodes. I thought I would have run out of things to say by now. And I have, which is why we have this new ancient custom. We've asked each cohort when they come in to bring in some sort of an impromptu question. This is right out of Toastmasters where we practice impromptu speaking where you're hit with a question cold and you got to sound coherent. Stephanie is wondering. <laughs> no, she's through this. You nervous for him, Stephanie? No. There you go. Good answer. <laughs> well, Ken, we're at episode 47, and uh, I left at episode 4, and I think at episode 4 we were already starting to, to make inroads in uh, helping Pennsylvania get through its problems, political and cultural. 43 episode la episodes later, how do you feel the Pennsylvania Project has affected the cultural and political climate in Pennsylvania? Wow. That's a real good question. I guess I see it from a, a broader view because I hear people talking about it, and I'm, they're not even talking to me about it. So I, I know it's having an impact. So somebody will be talking to somebody about it, and, and they'll, be, they'll be hearing it. So we have a lot of listeners out there. According to Nielsen, we have about 10,000 listeners. That's fantastic. I know. We get hundreds of downloads on our podcast and stuff. So I, I know that there's, there is one, that, that's one measure of our success. But another one, and this really blew me away, I got invited to the 40th anniversary party of Pennsylvania Cable Network. PCN is statewide, they go out to three and a half million homes. And it, it came out of the blue. I just called them and said, listen, you wanna come? Very exciting. I said, why? They said, well, you're in the business. And besides, you're part of the family, because I've been on PCN more times than I could possibly count. A couple of debates in there, I'm guessing? Several debates. Matter of fact, when I ran for governor in 2018, uh, Mark, our producer here, actually worked with PCN to put together a League of Women Voters debate that we could participate in because the, our dear governor, in his infinite wisdom, did not want to be in the same room with me. Uh, it's a shame. It's probably smart. <laughs> <laughs> but probably the high point of the whole PCN thing, I had an open bar and everything like that. I was talking with Brian Lockman, who he just retired. He was the CEO of Pennsylvania Cable Network. 
And I thanked him, you know, for inviting me. He says, Ken, you had to be here. You know, you're one of us. You're part of the family. You've been on the show here for over 20 years. And besides, you are the only political candidate I have ever heard say, I drink and drive. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I know that. I guess somebody's got to stand up there for the alcohol <coughs> drinkers of the world. I mean, I don't drive drunk. For my body weight, according to the Commonwealth, I can have four beers, five beers. I can slam down four shots within an hour and still be under the legal limit. And whether or not I can drive properly with that is another question. I'm sure you're very safe, Ken. Yeah, right. <laughs> sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. So I, I see those changes. And probably the biggest change that I'm most proud of is what I've done for Toastmasters. Because we've had about 50 different Toastmasters come in and sit in one of those two seats over all the time. So, Paul, you leaving back in episode four, you actually did Toastmasters a huge favor. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie's over here nodding. Yeah, her. thanks. Yeah. Because we're like, what are we going to do? Who do we know who's good at public speaking? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and I have to thank District 38, which is half of Pennsylvania and half of New Jersey. They actually sent out my solicitation for speakers to all 4,200 Toastmasters in the Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. It's an impressive membership. It is. And that's why Stephanie's here. And it must have been, what, last July or something like that that, that you signed up. Yes, yes. July, August. Took Around a long August, time. Yep. But that's my, my most, that's the accomplishment I'm most proud of. That, and I haven't run out of things to say after 47 episodes. Still going strong. I don't think you'll ever run out of things to say, Ken. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I think about that. <laughs> no, enough of that. What do you think? Let's uh, get on to the questions. What do we got? Otherwise All right, Ken. Our second question is from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. What's your take on spe special elections? We have one coming up, and it's being held only a month before the primary. Couldn't they wait a month and save the money? The taxpayers' money, Ken? <laughs> what? Members of the two old parties saving tax money? Since when? Long-time listeners have heard me say it time and time again. I said on the campaign trail, and I say it here. The cost of government in Pennsylvania has been rising at more than three times the rate of inflation for over 50 years. Doesn't matter who's in office. Direction's always up, up, up. And these special elections are just another reason why more tax dollars wasted. For the benefit of those who may not know, a special election, are, they're held whenever an office holder leaves office in the middle of their term. Uh, they need them because otherwise a district would go up unrepresented. And we do have a democracy here. You want to be represented. If it's only a gap of a month or two, they typically wait until either the next general or the next primary election. But for some reason, our elected officials chose to waste money on an upcoming special election. So let me apologize. Let me get more specific. It was Pennsylvania's House Speaker Mike Terzai who made the decision all by his lonesome. Now, where does he get the authority to do this, I wondered. No, not by law. No, it's not favoritism. Surprise, it's actually in the Pennsylvania Constitution. And I don't have my Pennsylvania Constitution in front of me. Heaven forbid I do now. It's Article 2, Section 2, which says, quote, whenever a vacancy shall occur in either house, the presiding officer thereof shall issue a writ of election to fill such vacancy for the remainder of the term. Well, since he's the Speaker of the House in Pennsylvania, and there's a hole in the, in the House 
roster, he can do it. I'm, I'm amazed. They're actually following the Constitution. If you take a look at our petition, it's footnote of the 17 places they ignore the Constitution. They're following it today, but they just as readily ignore it whenever it suits them. You know, it's easy to connect the dots as to why he decided to waste taxpayer dollars at this precise time, because it's only a couple of weeks before the next primary, but he wanted to do it now because there are three state reps who resigned. That's why he thinks we need it. It just so happens that all three are Republicans. And it also just so happens that the House Speaker, Mike Torzai, is a Republican. Oh, you read the script. <laughs> Apparently, he's not happy with losing those three votes in the House, but he's more than happy to waste our hard-stolen tax dollars to buy back those three votes. And yes, I'm assuming that the voters are going to replace those Republicans with another Republican. You sure there's not going to be a Libertarian on that ticket somewhere, Ken? That's a good question. Because in special elections, we Libertarians, we can appoint people directly. We can. But maybe we should. Maybe we should. I'm not sure. But I bet it's going to be a Republican who is going to get that because it's a Republican district. All of them are. And turnout at special elections tends to be ridiculously low. Most people don't know they're going on. And of course, they don't vote in them. The only people who know are the party insiders. And that's who's going to vote. Very democratic of these Republicans, wouldn't you say? But you know, it comes back to what you just mentioned, Paul, because the injustice of special elections goes far beyond insider voting, far beyond the millions that they're going to waste on this later one, latest one. Let me quote John Murphy, the Naderite representative to the Pennsylvania Ballot Access Coalition, of which I'm a member. Quote, there are two ways to subvert democracy. One is to prevent citizens from voting, but the other is to prevent worthy candidates from appearing on the ballot. Special elections are a poster child for John's quote, because the way the candidate gets on the ballot, no primary, no convention, no collecting hundreds of signatures, as we always got to do. They're handpicked by the local party leadership. How's that? Stroke the pen and you're on the ballot. It's crazy, Ken. Wouldn't that be nice? Of course, there's two old parties. They never abuse this privilege. That's why Bucks County Republicans chose Kathleen Tomlinson to appear on the ballot for state rep to succeed her father, Tommy Tomlinson, who resigned to take a job as Bucks County Commissioner. Certainly there's no favoritism there. No insider privilege. Uh, special elections. You know, I was debating whether or not I should say this, but I got a minute. Reminds me of a time when our middle daughter turned five years old and she got a birthday card from her grandparents. And on the front, it said, to a special girl. The poor kid broke down into tears. My wife and I are looking at each other and said, what's the matter, what's the matter? And she looked at us and she said, I'm not special. <laughs> Brings a whole new meaning to the term special elections, doesn't it? Anyway. On that special note, that's going to have to do it for the you portion of episode 47. We're going to pause for this information, and when we return, we'll be visiting with today's guest, the intellectual instigator, Tyler Breen. Did you hear the latest news? Almost two-thirds of all federal spending now goes to pay for the welfare state. 
more than $2.2 trillion, which just about equals federal income. Do you realize what that means? Virtually all tax revenue is now being consumed by the welfare state. But how do we rein in that runaway spending before it destroys America? The answer? The separation of society and state. That's the premise of the new novel, Atlas Snubbed, an unsanctioned parody sequel to Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Snubbed presents a workable alternative to the welfare state as we know it. Atlas Snubbed expertly extends Rand's epic story of a looter's world snubbed by the men of the mind, bringing to life a crumbling post-apocalyptic world where no one need ask who is John Galt, because now they know. Atlas Snubbed, available at all online bookstores or through atlassnubbed.com. Read it today before it's too late. Here's an interesting question. What do you think of these three ideas? Number one, people have at all times an inalienable right to alter, reform, or abolish their government as they think proper. Number two, juries shall have the right to determine the law as well as the facts. Number three, the right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state shall not be questioned. Do those words sound like they're something taken from a Hollywood political thriller? Well, they're not. They're all direct quotes taken from Article 1 of the Pennsylvania Constitution. Everyone's heard of the United States Constitution, but have you ever heard of the Pennsylvania Constitution? Have you ever read it? But most importantly, was it ever taught to you in school? If you're like virtually all Pennsylvanians, the answers are likely to be no, no, and no. Well, it's long past time we changed those answers to yes, yes, and yes. And you have a crucial part to play in making that come to pass. As you know, we here at the Pennsylvania Project are all about solutions. So we've authored a petition demanding that the Pennsylvania Constitution be taught to our children. If you believe it's important for our children to know how our state government works, head over to our website, PennsylvaniaProject.com and add your name to the growing list of signers. And every time we accumulate another batch of signatures, we'll send a copy of the petition to the governor, the Pennsylvania Board of Education, and each and every one of the 501 school districts in Pennsylvania, asking them right now to start teaching our children the Pennsylvania Constitution. So please sign the Pennsylvania Please sign the petition at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Do it now while it's on top of your mind. The alternative is yet another generation that has never heard of, yet, let alone, read the Pennsylvania Constitution. And people wonder why no one votes anymore. Stephanie, the look on your face as you were saying that was priceless. I wish we had that on camera. Too true. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here again, and welcome to the then portion of episode 47 of the Pennsylvania Project, where we host a guest to help us showcase the political, cultural, and or environmental issues facing Pennsylvania. Our guest today is heavy-duty cultural, likely heavy-duty political, but he's definitely entertaining. He's Tyler Bluntman, intellectual instigator and host of the podcast known as The Terrible Conservative, a former Floridian now living in Pennsylvania. 
Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Tyler. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. You're welcome, and you're, you look happy too. You're still smiling. I'm a happy guy, man. Uh, we'll I'm a see, happy guy. We'll see what happens by the first commercial break. <laughs> so I'm gonna start at the top. What do you mean, an intellectual instigator? Yeah, so I'm, I I ruffle the feathers, but yeah, you know what I mean. So there are a lot of topics, uh, many topics that I believe just people just don't want to talk about, or someone brings it up. And it's like taboo to talk about, but then how are we supposed to find solutions to these issues if we can't talk about them? I love it. I love hearing that because we are all about solutions here at the Pennsylvania Project. The more we can get, the better. Awesome. What's your favorite instigatory topic? What's the word? I don't know. Gun rights. Gun Uh rights. Yeah. Gun gun rights. Gun rights is up there. Why is that instigatory? Guns save lives. Right. Well, apparently guns guns just take lives. Can you didn't know that? You didn't get the memo that guns only take lives? No. Yeah. No, I I read the CDC report that says that all these feel good gun laws don't do anything to stop gun violence. They don't. They do they do nothing. So, uh gun rights is is hugely up there, man, and and I'm in a lot of um well, I've been uh can you know cancel culture now. So I, I've been canceled by a lot of my uh my my black brethren man so because i'm very I'm, I'm very conservative and i try and educate everyone but especially you know like my own people is like look man like gun rights is is huge like how are you going to how are you going to say in one in one sentence that the government is inflicting tyranny upon you right that the government is co- is committing police brutality and all of that and then in the same sentence say we need more gun control and yeah. only the government should have these weapons i know man it's it, it's it's crazy it's man it's crazy you know when when seconds count the police are only minutes away exactly <laughs> exactly you know my favorite quote and i did this going back to my 19 98 run for governor. Uh, John Lott wrote a book called More Guns, <coughs> Less Crime. And he did a countywide nation, a county level nationwide study. And he found out something that we've known since the 70s that if a woman resists an attacker, she's twice as likely to be seriously injured. But he also found out that if she resists with a handgun, she's half as likely to be seriously injured. So my soundbite from that is handguns are a girl's best friend. Best friend. Best friend, man. Yeah, Stephanie's nodding. She's got a lady over here. Do you agree? You agree, Stephanie? I agree totally. Yes. There you are. I love it. Now, if you're an instigator, you're supposed to do things that are supposed to embarrass me or something like that. Oh, I, it, well, we, we haven't struck we have, out on number one. We haven't, we haven't got into it, man. I, I, I may embarrass you as, uh, as time goes on. Well, you got, we got a lot of time still. Wait, you want me to? I could throw something at you. Go ahead, throw I something at me. Know. Geez, I guess I'm I'm caught short. The first thing I think of is elections because when I ran for governor, yeah, I had to get twenty one thousand signatures to get on the ballot. Just to get on the ballot. Just to get on the ballot. But Ed Randell only needed two thousand. Mm. Constitution says all elections shall be free and equal. What do you think? Should we use the ballot box to prevent worthy candidates from getting on the ballot, as John Murphy would put it? Man, everybody should have a fair chance, man. I know. Everybody should have a fair chance. People don't, but here's the, here's the problem, man, is that people don't want to have these uh, uh, big number one and big number two, right? Dumb number one and dumb number two. They don't want third party, man. They do not want no, third parties. They, they in don't there. want the competition. They absolutely, do not. Absolutely correct. They don't want people looking at them 
and scrutinizing and, and, and understanding just by looking at historical data that they have ruined this country in, a, <laughs> in, in so many ways. And that doesn't mean that our country isn't still great, but it, when you talk about rights that the people are supposed to have like inalienable rights, uh-huh. gun rights, and things like that. Like they have, they have taken us back so far. I probably get into more, and, and I'm conservative, and and I probably get into more debates with <coughs> Republicans than I do Democrats too, man. I tend to do it with everybody. Have you? How many times have you read the Pennsylvania Constitution? How many times? Yeah, half. Half a time. I've, I've read it half a time. Uh, was it taught to you in school? No, no. But I'm not also. I'm also not from Pennsylvania. Well, were you taught any state constitution? Never. Did you know that Florida has a state constitution? Not until I was an adult. (laughs) Yeah, I was 35 before I found out that Pennsylvania had a constitution. My favorite quote from the Pennsylvania Constitution is Article 1, Section 21. Article 1, by the way, is called the Declaration of Rights, written primarily by William Penn and Benjamin Franklin. And Section 25 says that everything in Article 1 is removed from the power of government and shall forever remain inviolate. And the best part of Article 1, which is forever removed from the power of government, it says, Section 21, the right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves in the state shall not be questioned. None of this well-regulated militia nonsense. Right. I think that's great. Uh, I think that's great. And I, it doesn't even matter if it's for, to me, it doesn't matter if it's for defense. It doesn't matter if uh, you want to go to the range or you just want to stare and look at a gun. No matter, <laughs> no matter what it is, everyone has the inalienable right. Uh, to 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 own that weapon, um, and people people even get like really into it and and against me, especially Republicans, when I talk about like uh, you know every weapon, you know uh-huh. what I mean, like every weapon that you see the government has, we should have the right to own. Uh huh. You should be here for episode twenty four. We had Konstantin Doyevsky. He's a firearms manufacturer, and he showed up here with a fully automatic. Collapsible AR-15. Collapsible. Collapsible. It would come down to like a eleven, 11 inches. It would nice. fall down into man. The guys here at the station are like, let me hold it. Let me hold it. That's awesome. So, and right on topic of what you're talking about, Tyler, uh, and something where where libertarians get into a lot of trouble, especially even with gun rights activists, is uh, libertarians believe in the repeal of the National Firearms Act, which is the law that actually outlawed the manufacture and purchase of fully automatic weapons yeah. for the citizenry. Where do you stand on that particular law and its That's existence? It's a national law. It is, it We're is. We're the Pennsylvania Project. We don't have to pay attention to that. We're a republic. <laughs> that means that we are a collection of sovereign nations which have ceded certain powers of the government listed in the United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, 17 things, and that's it. Doesn't say anything there about they're allowed to regulate guns. And Ken, why can't I go and buy a Heckler and Koch MP9 and fully automatic at my local gun store? That's a good question. That's why we got the Pennsylvania Project here, so that we can educate people to say they have no right to do this, no authority to do this. Tyler's over there nodding if, his if head. If somebody, if 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 the government implements or tries to impose some unconstitutional law, then it, it's it's not law. Right. right. They may say that it is. And th- these things that I say all the time, especially on my own podcast, uh, these things are totally going to get me suicided later. But, <laughs> but we'll change, change your name to Vince Foster. Exactly. Exactly. So. So, yeah, it's 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 unconstitutional. No infringement shall not be infringed at all. Nothing. None. So any infringement uh, is a violation of your constitutionally protected rights, brother. Any question. This is Pennsylvania. Any question violates your rights. I don't have any question what that means. 
So we have a, an interesting fight going on in Pennsylvania right now over uh, 80% AR-15 lowers. And uh, our attorney general <laughs> and governor, in their infinite wisdom, are trying to pass a law that lists 80% AR-15 lowers as firearms, which then subjects them to background checks and all of the things that a firearm uh, hmm. require. Uh, right now, it's being held up by our state Supreme Court uh, that has basically said and put an injunction on the law saying that, well, you can't really say that and until you can prove to us that you can. But uh, what happens if another judge comes in and says, well, maybe they're right and, and this is a firearm and it should be regulated well, in that manner. Don't get me started about Mr. Josh Shapiro. Oh, from our own Montgomery County. He Ken. was my rep. He was. He was mine he was as well. He was supposed to be mine. He does not represent us, Ken. I have from him, in writing, something that says that he would support the Voters' Choice Act, which would reduce those crazy signature requirements I mentioned before. I have it in writing. He says, I believe in free and equal elections. I will support the Voters' Choice Act. And then we got into the House. We we're in the state government committee, and it came up for a vote. Guess what he did? Two-faced. Folded. He, he voted against it. He folded. Folded. He lied to me in writing. They all fold, man. Ah, oh, man. And, you know, and the local paper called him a rising star. I'm like, if he's a rising star, the sun is certainly set in Pennsylvania. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so You can't trust the man. No, you cannot trust the man. So, so yeah, so I, I refuse to do anything. Like, when it comes to Democrats and Republicans, and even even libertarians, I'm, I'm not a libertarian. I have a lot of libertarian-minded uh, ideals, well, but I'm I'm part of the Constitution Party. Well, let me let me ask. Do you believe you have the right to live your life your own way, provided you respect the rights and property of others? Yes, you're a libertarian. Your life your way, as long as you respect yeah. others. I have a lot of libertarian ideals, but but we we see we disagree on on some fundamentals. Uh oh. Now I know a lot of people in the Constitution Party, and they are part yeah. of our ballot access coalition as well. And I ran against Peg Luxick, who was a Constitution Party candidate for governor in 1998, nice. and she had all sorts of anti-freedom stands. Like, she wanted to ban gambling. Do you want to ban gambling? Never. Never? Well, Never. that's what the Constitution Party stands for. No, just that yeah. you're, talking, you're talking about an individual. You can't, you can't just say an individual, and this is what the whole Constitution Party stands for. Come well, on, you know that. You, well, you know what? As a libertarian, when I stand here and say, your life, your way, as long as you respect others, every libertarian agrees with that. Every libertarian. Mm, that's what defines it. Yeah, but the the issue is when it comes down to things like, say, like abortion and things like that. The you know, there's a bunch of libertarians that believe that hey, it is not uh, uh, whatever, and then there's some that say that it is. So that's it's different, man. <laughs> abortion. Oh, the, the a word. You bring yeah. it up, but you know what? It's uh, it's not that time. My guest today, Tyler Bluntman, intellectual instigator from the Terrible Conservative Podcast. I'm your caster, Ken Krawchuk, and you're listening to episode 47 of The Pennsylvania Project. We'll be right back after this information. Do you like The Pennsylvania Project? You must. After all, you're listening to it right now. But would you like it more? More of the rants, the guests, the fun? Well... You're in luck because by popular demand, we've added even more content. Things like keeping the mics live after the credits roll at the end of the show while we continue our on-air conversations. It's 100% unscripted and often includes things we can't say on the air or shouldn't say on the air. Would you like us access to each episode the day is recorded? 
live streams of every show as it happens, behind-the-scenes interviews and bonus videos with our guests. All this and more is now available at PennsylvaniaProject.com. But wait, there's more. Sign up today, and you also get a copy of Ken's novel Atlas Snubbed, a parody sequel to Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. And you can even call in live and participate on the show. How's that for more content? You can be the content. So if the idea of more Pennsylvania Project excites you, head on over to PennsylvaniaProject.com and click the More Fun link at the top of the page. Solve the correct problem correctly and sign up today. Now, here I'm Stephanie. I'm Stephanie, and I'm a Toastmaster. You know, it's easy to find a high-paying job, and at least for some people it is, you know. Employers are begging for the competent leaders who know how to communicate effectively. But do those words describe you? Competent leader communicates effectively? If not, or even if they do, you may want to consider joining Toastmasters. The mission of Toastmasters is is to provide a supportive environment for learning communication and leadership skills. But does it really work? Hey, look at me. I joined Toastmasters and now I'm on the radio. So turn your life around like I have. Visit toastmasters.org and contact a club near you. Visitors are always welcome and be sure to mention my name. The future is anxiously awaiting competent leaders who know how to communicate effectively. You can be that leader. It all starts at Toastmasters.org. Are you a small business owner, always looking for referrals? Do you have a streamlined approach to generating new referrals? Contact Steve Worley to learn the fast, easy way to generate new referrals. Steven has an all-inclusive system that will help you generate an extra five to 10 customers per week without spending a single dollar on ads. You won't have to create a website, have pictures taken, or write a single ad. Steven will take the headache out of the process. Contact him at stevenworley.com. That's Steven with a V, W-E-R-L-E-Y.com. Fly fishermen, new and old, understand the importance of affordable quality gear. At Christopher Fay Fly Fishing, we have provided that for over a quarter century. Whether your fish drives, wets, or any combination, Christopher Fave, F-A-V-E, flyfishing.com has an American-made leader for you. Pennsylvania, proud. Our reputation rests solely on your complete satisfaction. Again, that's Christopher Flyfishing.com. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here again, and we're back with episode 47 of the Pennsylvania Project. And our intellectual instigator, Tyler Bluntman, host of the Terrible Conservative podcast. And he did one of those terrible, terrible things. Just as we're about to go to break, he said, abortion. (gasps) Uh, (coughs) There's an easy solution. This, it's a manufactured crisis because one little change to the adoption laws and it's over. What we do is allow for prenatal adoption. If a woman does not want her unborn baby, anybody can 
come forward and adopt it while it's still in the womb. They can ask the lady, please bring it to term. And she could say yes or no. That's pro-choice. No. And if, if she says yes, we've just saved a baby. That's pro-life. So it's pro-life and pro-choice. No and, si- and since a lot of babies are aborted for economic reasons, Tyler, we are guaranteed to reduce the number of abortions. Guaranteed. I don't, I don't care why babies are aborted. It's just wrong, and I find that it's just like evil. So oh, I, I agree with you. I was yeah. raised pro-life. I have a right. Catholic upbringing, and I, I have it on my list of things to do. So it could be one of my rants about going to Catholic right. school. Right. That's another thing. But so, just to be clear and, and to correct you, there is no such thing as being both pro-choice and pro-life. That's a myth. That's It's incorrect. So you are either pro-choice or you are pro-life. The pro-life side, as I am, we believe that that is oh, a no, living... Hang on, hang on. Well, well, hold on. The, we believe that that is a living life, right? I agree. That is a living being. Okay? I agree. We, bo- we both agree that murder shouldn't be legal, right? I agree. Okay. So it doesn't matter why that, that mother wants to kill her child she doesn't want to kill the child we still believe that it's murder the the anti-abortionists always try to frame it that way i look at it differently i think what do we do with the mess right here's this here's this life it's got a unique mess it's got it it's got a unique well it is at that stage of the game i mean Mm. when our third kid was born there was some problems with the birth i was right there and the doctor just as soon as the baby came out he's like here hold this Mm -hmm. and it's this cheesy bloody baby Mm -hmm. one of the best moments of my life but that's good, man. Anyway, so what do you what do you do with the mess? Is the question. It's a unique individual. It's got its own set of chromosomes. Right. So, the, whenever you say, "Oh, you're killing a baby," yeah, you're killing a baby. We all know that. From the conception. question is, what is politically feasible? A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So, if we can just start saving babies, you could turn to technology. We could transplant this baby to to another womb, an artificial womb. We do this routinely in the animal kingdom. Tyler, it may take 50 years or 100 years of research, but I see a day coming when no unborn baby ever need die by following my idea. By, by, I talk about this every so often, is, is technology in the future, it's, it's going to be to where we can do that and transfer it, not even just to there a living go. person, to some non-sentient thing that then nurtures the baby and then brings the baby to term so or whatever. Yeah. So that's fine. But until we get there, it doesn't matter. It, it is a human life. There is no killing it. There is no killing it. So no. I agree. Abortion, so that's why murder, I, stop. That's why I have a plan to save them. Yeah, that's good. Thank I you. think that's good. But now, we we should talk about something else because I can see that you've got that what? that Constitution Party, <laughs> my way or the highway attitude. <laughs> but you wanted to talk about that gun thing. Oh, that article. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah during yeah. during the break, he's writing all these things on a piece of paper. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. So it was it was the article with um, actually I think it was uh, someone who came on your show right? I don't think so. You no, mean, no, Doctor Clayman. The no, 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 no. The article with um, uh, with the the police in the schools. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Doctor Clayman. She was she's an Abington school board director, mm-hmm. and she said that uh, she didn't want cops roaming the school with guns right. because cops are famous for shooting black and brown people. Mm-hmm. And which uh, you said you agreed. Yeah, I, I share her concerns. And matter of fact, I'm going to be ta- I talked about that yeah. in the previous episode, episode 46 during my rant. She featured very strongly in it. And I'm going to mention her again in today's rant because mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing the 10 cop commandments. And I know you're going to want to talk about it after that. And anybody's listening, we do an after show. If you're a premium subscriber at pennsylvaniapodcast.com, you'll be able to hear that discussion. There's a school board meeting that I wanted to go tonight. Yeah just so I could stand up there and say, I support you. Because the town is calling for her head. See, I don't support resign. any of it. 
None of it. None of what? N- none of anything that she said. What? I don't. You, I don't you, agree with you, you any think, of it. You think cops should be roaming this? this I think school? that. I think that more. I think that more armed individuals in schools, the right people, uh, I think is good. Whether, I I agree. Right. But what but did we she, disagree? Then? But she went into saying, well, what you agreed with that I disagreed with. I think when we were talking last night was. Um, she she says something about about uh, cops shoot more black yeah. folks than than white folks, and it's just it's just she does. That's it's, true. It's wrong. No, you're right. It's wrong. No, no, no. But it's, it's true. It's untrue. And what are the stats on that? According to what was reported in the York Daily Record mm. last year, mm-hmm. that blacks are killed at a rate three times greater than the general population. Mm-hmm. Well, blacks black also commit murder at four times the rate of anybody else. Well, I don't know about that. It's fact. So you're saying CDC? You're saying they deserve to get shot? No, I'm not saying that. Well, we can't say I'm CDC. Wait, I'm saying wait, it's, wait, propor- no, it's proportionality. CDC, we don't. CDC's statistics aren't going to matter here. We're looking at Pennsylvania only. Okay, I look at it as a whole. It's definitely a whole. Yeah. we got to fill that hole. Right. So, <laughs> so when you look at it that at, at that like black and brown folks, they don't they don't get shot more than than white people when you look at, at proportions, right? The reason why more. Uh, Black and brown folks may or which is wrong that, that that's not even right. Agreed. But if, if you took a look at it, so last last year, and I'm, I know you talk about only Pennsylvania, but but I, I know it just as a nation. So last year, a thousand people, a thousand people got shot and killed by police officers. Excuse yeah. me, by police officers. Yeah, it's huge. Huge. Thirty seven percent were white folks. Twenty three percent were were black folks. Right. So and people it's will look same. at and people will look at that and they'll say, well, um, you know that doesn't make sense. They're overrepresented because black folks only make up thirteen percent of the United States, right. which makes sense. However, black folks also commit fifty percent of all violent crime when making up thirteen percent of the United States, and they also make up fifty percent of all homicides, all homicides in the United States. So you're saying police kill more black murderers than they do white murderers? I'm saying that there are more proportionately there are more black murderers, so there are going to be right. more That's, cops in the these thing. black neighborhoods. Right. And cops, when they are dealing with criminals, they are more likely to run into uh, a murderous criminal with black folks as it is to white folks. It is what it is, man. It's just statistics. You're right. They are statistics. A lot of people call you a racist for people. People. A lot of people do. And this is why a lot of black folks cancel me. (laughs) Do do you know Maj Touré? He ran for Philadelphia City Council. I've I've been people have put me on to him. I've seen a couple of his videos. He's the Black Guns Matter guy, right? Yeah. Black Guns Matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like him. I I like like him him a lot. I don't don't know too much more about him other than the Black Guns Matter. Uh, He was on the show when Paul was here. He was. He was on episode four of my last episode. Yeah. Good guy. Oh, he yeah. is. He's a great guy, and he appreciates a good steak too. Does he? Yeah, and a good cigar. If he doesn't, if he doesn't eat it medium rare, we got to cancel him too. No, no, no. We're, this is Philadelphia. We're talking about steaks. There's only one kind of steak. Are oh, you talking about cheese steak? Well, yeah, one of the various varieties of stuff. Various varieties. Yeah, I, I do Rising Sun Pizza up in the Northeast, and he does Max's at Broad and Erie. Interesting. And I, but I got a new love lately. There's a place out in Valley Forge, does garlic bread steaks. Garlic bread garlic, steaks. Yeah, they take a that steak sandwich and put it on that garlic bread, man. Ah, I love garlic. I might smell like garlic. I had garlic pizza for lunch today. <laughs> That's why everybody's standing. I dig it, man. Back. I'm trying to figure out like exactly like because when I first got here, I was like, "Yo, Geno's and Pat's. That's the place, right?" No. And were, exactly. People gave, people gave me that same response. They were like, "Yeah, you are a tourist." So now <laughs> I had to I had to like figure it out. So as of right now, from all the places that I've had, 
My favorite so far is Jim's on South Street. Jim's is that, on, is, is, that, is, that rep, is that reputable? Yep, yep, okay, yep. I'm, I'm getting a thumbs yep, up. Yep, so, yep, okay, my man. Philadelphia my man. Back, approved. Back in the booth. My yeah. man. All right, cool. Yep. No, Jim's is good. Jim's is probably the best. They've been there a long time, too. Have they? Yeah, and that's that's another thing. You know, they're good. They've been here a while. Yeah, love it. I love them. Steve's is also pretty good that, that I've had, but, but Jim's is, the flavor is just there, man. Uh-huh. Steve's, and the people, the people are cool there. Steve's is a different style. Steve's does the thick slice. Yeah, they don't uh-huh. chop I, it I up like, really yeah, thin. Yeah, I like a Steve's yeah. Prince of Steaks every yeah. once in a while. It's a good steak sandwich. Yeah, yeah it's all right. The only place I will depart, I'll, I'll do Larry's. Larry's. I haven't been to Larry's. Yeah, Belly Fillers. Is it in man. Philly? Yeah. It's good? It's all right. It's not, right. As, it's not as good as you Rising know, Sun. It's you know, a lot of people told me to check out Ishka Bibbles, and, I, and they have two places, I, I think, on South Street. I checked them both out. I never I was heard. unimpressed. Yeah, a lot of people told me that that was, like, the best place. I, I was not impressed. No, there you go. Yeah, it was. It was unimpressive. There you go. We're running. We're out of time. Oh, we're out of time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anything else you want to sneak in there? Like a website? Send people somewhere? Oh, man. Yeah. Anybody who wants to see some some triggering discussions, then definitely check me out on Facebook at Tyler Bluntman. You can check me out on Instagram at Tyler Bluntman. Uh, YouTube at Tyler Bluntman. I'm everywhere at Tyler Bluntman. Are you blunt man? Blunt man. Yeah. Yeah. Which definition of blunt man? You just say things, let them hang out there? Or you, it's, it's, do, you, or do you hang out there and do things? It's both. <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of a friend's wedding. They all went outside in between, and they're going to do the bride and groom dance, and yeah. there's nobody in the hall. Really? Yeah, this is Philadelphia. What do you expect? But, all right. Th- thank you for bringing me on, oh, man. man. It's, it's been fun. It's, it has been. I'm sorry we didn't have more time. There's probably more things we could have gotten to. I have a whole big, long list of things here we didn't talk about. Political correctness, debate styles, crimes against minorities. I guess we hit that one. Poking the bear. Other things, that, yeah, he's got to stick out. But that's going to have to wrap it up for the them portion of our show. I appreciate it, brother. Thank um, you for the uh, for the opportunity. Absolutely. Intellectual instigator, Tyler Bluntman, host of the Terrible Conservative Podcast. We're going to pause for this information. And when we return, I'm going to be ranting about something that really sticks in my craw. It's part of the ongoing police crisis. And I'll be introducing the 10 Cop Mandments. The following is a commercial announcement. Hey, Stephanie, how's it going? Bad, Ken, really bad. Why? What's the matter? Our friends at the Infernal Revenue Service paid me a personal visit the other day. Infernal Revenue Service? The IRS. Yep. Two big brutish guys scared us all half to death. I bet. What do they want? Money. And lots of it. Remember that part-time gig I took on last summer? Yep. You were raking in some big bucks. Yeah, and all those big bucks went straight into my personal bank account. It turns out the IRS doesn't like that. And I didn't file any of the right forms or pay nearly enough in taxes. So they want it all. Now. Right now. Plus penalties and interest. Ouch. Sounds like you should have called Amendment 16. Hey, it's the damn 16th Amendment that got me into this predicament in the first place. No, no, no. Amendment 16, the invoicing service. They'll invoice your client for the hours and expenses you report to them. And when your client pays them, they pay you. Minus all required state and federal taxes. It's that easy. One call does it all. And they'll leave out an accountant to do your personal taxes for you come April Fool's Day. I mean, come April 15th. And they take care of all the taxes, all the forms. Yep, and they can pass along certain tax breaks, too. Man, I wish I knew about Amendment 16 sooner. Where can I find them? On the web, of course, at amendment16.com. 
with 16 spelled out. That's amendment, S-I-X-T-E-E-N.com. One call does it all. You've been a registered libertarian for years, voted for libertarians even longer, and lived by libertarian principles all your life. Now it's time to take the next step and become a dues-paying member of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Keep abreast of the march toward liberty in Pennsylvania. Take an active role in making it happen. Maybe even consider running for local political office yourself. It all starts with becoming a dues-paying member of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. It's easy, fast, and only $20 a year. So visit LPPA.org to sign up today. That's LPPA.org. Do it today. A freer future is waiting. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and welcome to the me portion of episode 47 of the Pennsylvania Project, where I get to rant about something that really sticks in my craw. I warned you last episode, it's going to be more today about the ongoing police crisis. And in case you missed episode 46, when I began the latest rant on the crisis, let me give you some quick background. We talked about this with our guest a moment ago. It started with this lady, Dr. Clayman, a member of the Abington School Board just outside of Philly. She stood up at a meeting recently and said, quote, we know that black and brown students are much more likely to be shot by police officers than other students, and I have serious concerns. Police officers also shoot people pretty regularly, unquote. Well, as I mentioned to Tyler, the whole town rose up against her, demanding a resignation. She hasn't done it yet. Like I said, there's a school board meeting tonight. I wanted to go there. I hope she doesn't. Could be new information next week about this. We'll see. I live in Abington, and I hadn't heard about her until one of our listeners from Slatington clued me in. And he asked me if I shared her concern, and I do. There are ample statistics. We talked about them earlier. According to the York Daily Record, cops kill another Pennsylvanian every couple of weeks, and blacks are three times more likely to be killed by the police than the general Pennsylvania population. So Dr. Clayman is correct, and I don't understand why she's being pilloried for speaking the truth. Fact is, we do have a police crisis. We're all about solutions here at the Pennsylvania Project. You knew that. One solution I proposed was to change the law to help address that crisis. Change the law so we can define the times when cops are allowed to use deadly force. Today, they can use deadly force whenever they feel it's necessary to, quote-unquote, effect the arrest, and along with a few other requirements. In episodes 8, 10, 44, and 46, I suggested we change that law so the cops can only use deadly force, not to make an arrest, but only to save lives. Sound reasonable? Sounds reasonable to me. But that only addresses one aspect of the police crisis, the most serious aspect when people are getting killed by cops. But what are some of the less than life or death issues that feed the gulf that always seems to exist between citizens and cops? Yeah, I, I think there's a gulf. I think it's a huge gulf. And if you don't see it, I think you're kidding yourself. Either that or maybe you're a cop. And no, I'm not anti-cop. anti-cop. I can speak right. I've mentioned many times here on the show that I'm a graduate of the Abington Citizens Police Academy. And while I was there, I learned some basic truths about the police. First is that our Abington police care deeply and honestly for the community they serve. That's really good to know, especially when I'm getting pulled over 
After all, who wants to get shot? I also learned that the majority of police work is related to traffic policing. And that's probably the situation where most of us have the most direct contact with the police when we get pulled over. It's definitely something that constantly widens that gulf. And incidentally, one other thing I learned at the academy is that police do indeed eat a lot of donuts. Soft pretzels, <laughs> too. But I digress. The point is that there are way too many instances where it's the law that imposes the gulf upon us. And in the case, I was just talking about traffic laws. But the causes of the police crisis go far beyond the law, especially with some of the little things that we see every day, like things that prompted a Starbucks employee to throw cops out of her store, or another one here in Philadelphia who called the cops on two black men who were doing absolutely nothing wrong. Both of these incidents, they're, I'd say, 180 degrees apart, but they're manifestations of the same thing, that gulf, just from two different sides. So what do we do? Our motto here at the Pennsylvania Project is that solving the, prob the correct problem is more important than solving the problem correctly. But what problem do we want to solve here? Is more stringent enforcement of bad laws a good idea? I doubt it, but people call for it all the time. Is eliminating those bad laws in the books a good idea? Absolutely, but you never hear anything about that, except here on the Pennsylvania Project. But there are many, many other little things that we could do, that the cops could do, to help narrow that gulf. Such as, well, I did some research to try and find out. I collected a whole bunch of personal stories from people about their feelings about the cops. And having heard all their stories, I've drafted a list of suggestions that the police could follow if they truly wanted to improve relations with their communities. I call them the 10 Cop Commandments. We ready? Number one, a cop must always be civil as if he were talking to his dad. How many times have you been yelled at by a cop? Or just treated without the respect that everybody deserves? That's why this is a good place to start. That's why it's number one. Number two, a cop must always conduct himself as if no one is guilty. Maybe it's an occupational hazard like doctors always think of people who are sick. But how often do cops automatically assume the upper hand and assume you're guilty? Like at, oh, say a DUI checkpoint, for instance. You're driving at night, you must be drunk. Number three, a cop must never sweat the small stuff. Heaven help you if you're driving in Philly and your registration on your car is expired. Because if your papers are not in order, the cops will steal your car on the spot. Four, a cop must always stay on point and never fish. Now, this is something, maybe it's me, I see a lot of it personally. Because officers like to go on tangents with me. Like after some local robbery, they'll say, where were you at 9 p.m. this evening? And none of your beeswax, bud. Five, cops must always remember that personal choices are not a crime. Only the initiation of force is. How many victimless crimes are being prosecuted these days? How many cops are bringing you in on it? Quote, unquote, crimes where no one is harmed, like the insane war on drugs. Don't get me started on that again. Six, a cop must always follow all laws except traffic laws while they have their red and blue lights flashing. Is it me or just does it seem hypocritical that you and I can get a ticket for just rolling a stop sign, but a cop can outright blow it without fear or regret, even without the lights on, hopefully not killing some kid in the process? Cut me a break. Seven. A cop must always wear an active body cam and stream video directly to the web. And anybody cap 
captured in the video is entitled to un immediate unrestricted access to that video. I'll tell you, body cams are the greatest invention of the 21st century. Finally, it's not your word against a cop's word. But that evidence is useless if it's not available to us. Eight, a cop must always take personal responsibility for the errors in their warrant executions. Isn't that legendary? Kick down the wrong door, shoot the wrong person. Maybe they'd be a little more careful if they knew their careers were on the line. Number nine, one of my favorites. A cop must always be answerable to the citizenry. Therefore, citizen bodies must be the first investigative authority for police infractions rather than, quote-unquote, internal <coughs> affairs, police-led inf investigations. That's another no-brainer. Why do we let the police fox guard the police henhouse? That's as bad as letting lawyers be judges. And number 10, probably most important, as an alternative to changing the law about deadly force, a cop must always leave their lethal toys back at the station. It's an easy way to reduce, if not eliminate, death by police. So there you have it. My modest suggestions, the 10 cop commandments for narrowing the gulf between we the people and those who profess to protect us. But did you see how the corollaries derive from the same central principle? The same principle that defines the Libertarian Party, by the way? And the words that cops should live by. You heard me say it a million times. I said it to Tyler earlier today. Here's one million and one. Quote, you have the right to live your life your way, provided you respect the rights and property of others. Not just words to live by, words to police by. And on that pie-in-the-sky note, that's going to have to wrap it up for episode 47 of the Pennsylvania Project. What do you think about the ongoing police crisis, the 10 cop commandments, and I guess Tyler Buntman or Boondoggle Special Elections or anything Pennsylvania-related? If you have something to say, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Today's episode is courtesy of Amendment 16 Limited, recorded live at the studios of WWDB Radio, broadcasting in Philadelphia at 860 on the AM dial every Saturday at 10 AM. And now broadcasting in Kutztown on KUR Radio, 1670 AM every Monday at 7 AM, and released every Tuesday as a podcast on PennsylvaniaProject.com. Our webmaster is Stephen Worley, marketing guru Connor Dragotis, featured Toastmaster narrator Stephanie Berg-Brown, featured non-Toastmaster cohort Paul Nicotera, keyboard wizard Joe the Pag, radio producer Brett Kronberger, executive producer Mark Bazzacco, and me, your caster, Ken Krawchuk. Thanks for joining us. And remember, more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct 